Welcome to the Liberal Europe Podcast, the European Liberal Forum Project. I'm your host, Ricardo Silvestre. Today I'll be speaking with Wojciech Sibilski and Quincy Cloet. Wojciech is the editor-in-chief of Visegrad Insight, part of Respublica Foundation, and Quincy is the managing editor for Visegrad Insight, and he has a PhD in international history. And as you noticed, both gentlemen coming from Visegrad Insight, which I recommend strongly to visit their site, visegradinsight.eu, because this is the main Central European platform for debate and analysis on the future policy direction of Europe and transatlantic partners. I became a great fan of their work and I invited them to come to the podcast to talk about the Polish elections. So without further ado, I give you Wojciech Sibilski and Quincy Cloet. I'm here with Wojciech Sibilski and Quincy Cloet. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Hi, hello. Hello. Well, this is a very important conversation. Uh, this uh, two gentlemen that do a tremendous work at Visegrad Insight, which we'll be talking a little bit later on. But I asked them to come to the podcast so that we talk about the Polish elections. What is going on? What happened until now? What's going to happen in the future? So, Wojciech, why don't you start us up? Well, I, I would say I, I don't know that much, <laughs> but maybe Quincy has a bit more of a distance. I'm Polish myself. It's uh, I'll go deep dive. So, uh, Quincy, would you rather start? Yes, no problem. Um, so where we are is that there's a little bit more certainty about what is about to happen uh, end of the month. So there is a, an election planned, presidential election on the 28th of June with a possible runoff um, second round on 12th of July. So this is after the was the initial date of 10th of May, but uh, which afterwards was declared void by the Electoral Commission. And then um, this week, legislation was essentially approved and signed by President Duda to have this new date. Now, what essentially does it mean um, for the existing or for the ex most of the existing presidential candidates so that those that were running uh, before uh, 10th of May, nothing much changed. They just essentially have to re-register and uh, the, the number of, um, of people that uh, signed uh, in order to support them and that they can run as candidates are just being used again. There is a tricky part when it comes to the candidate of the Koalicja Obywatelska, so the, the civic coalition, because this person has changed from Magorzata Kidawa-Błonska to Rafał Czeskowski. And what has been uh, decided in the legislation this week is that because there's a new candidate, uh, Rafał Czaskowski essentially only has a couple of days to collect 100,000 signatures in order to be eligible for this election, which is not an easy, uh, an easy task. Um, but one thing I maybe still want to stress is that uh, it's, it's quite surprising to, to have seen the legislative uh, procedure this time, which was relatively quick. Uh, there was some degree of, of uh, agreement between um, 
the government coalition and the the opposition parties and between the two houses so same and senate um to to move forward with this procedure and i mean the senate did want to make a couple of amendments to the legislative procedure uh for example they did want to give a bit more time to candidate to the candidate uh, chaskovsky to collect his signatures but this wasn't approved uh, or to use an online procedure uh, to to uh, make it easier also not approved um but they uh, did agree on on that there would be a possibility of having both a postal vote or to go to the polling stations and to give a bit more authority to the the national electoral commission rather than the health minister when it comes to the epidemic condition uh so there there are some pluses and minuses uh there i would say and where we are is that the biggest challenge um and weight rests on the shoulders of of rafał chaskowski at the moment who only has very little time to to collect uh, those signatures but i'm 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 quite confident that uh, given given um Koalicja Obywatelska Platforma Obywatelska so civic platform the biggest party there they have the capacity to do that in a couple of days uh Wojciech, uh after this um tremendous explanation by Quincy to clear things up i'm going to ask you and you just started by saying i'm polish how is Polish society reacting this? And not only society, but the press, the, the political system. Like Quincy said, this is this, this is good news and people are feeling uh, better now or still there's a lot of turmoil going on? Well, there is a lot of turmoil, mostly because of the pandemic situation. Uh, politically speaking, the situation is not so not so good. Um, we We have a tremendously polarized political uh, society or political life. Um, when Quincy was mentioned, there was agreement between Senate and Sejm, so the upper and lower chamber of the parliament. It needs to be amended. I mean, it needs to be added that the Senate has been won by the opposition to the government by a narrow, uh, by a narrow uh, of, of two seats, I think. That's a one seat difference. Um, the uh, to, to, to lose that majority. And in, even in the same, where the government has a majority, absolute majority, this majority is thin. And this majority was hanging at balance uh, just uh, over a month ago, nearly a month ago, when a junior coalition partner of the government within PIS camp, uh, with just around eight MPs, jeopardized the plan of the government and of Mr. Kaczynski to run elections on 10th of May. So this situation is seems to be, I mean, th these are these are very good signs that Quincy just mentioned. There was some degree of compromise. Let's do that. Um, we, which I think is even more important than the Constitution. There needs to be a culture of compromise because that defines a healthy democracy. But that was absent all all over uh, the, the the previous uh, days and, and and months, and we might only see some some going out from a very deep deep hole uh, where where we are in. But at the same time, the presidential election uh, that will be a a short show of uh, mobilization, which you generate only because of you can polarize the public. Um, Rafał Czeskowski has risen tremendously over the last um, 
of last days in polls among among uh, the, the the opinion polls are showing his his gradual growth in popularity and support. Andrzej Duda is losing it gradually, uh, incumbent president. Uh, there are other opposition candidates who are still running for it. Um, and that all seems like a very, very interesting race. And I have to add one thing, and for most of the listeners in Europe, this election, presidential election, would be of no importance had the president's role in the in the Polish political system was the same as I don't know Mr. Steinmeier in Germany or or any other president uh, across Europe. Presidents in Poland, however, um, are not so powerful as Mr. Marco, uh, Macron in, in in France, but they are because of the popular vote and the constitutional arrangement, um, quite powerful political offices. Um, so we call Polish political system semi-presidential, where president uh, elected from popular vote has powers uh, of veto, also some legislative, but usually he's being disregarded by the parliament in that respect. It's very, <laughs> very, very rare that the president actually comes up with a major initiative and is allowed by the parliament as there is always a com institutional com uh, competition between, you know, who actually decides who actually runs the country. Uh, and he's also the leader of the military. He also appoints, or she, um, one in office, they, they, uh, they appoint um, the uh, justices. And that's one of the biggest spats between Poland and the European Union over... Um, incorrect appointment or invalid appointment by the president uh, of, of several justices to the highest offices in, uh, in Poland. Uh, while those cases and the, the systemic changes introduced by the government and backed up by the current president are now in question and the European Court of Tribunal and with the European Commission. Yes, these are, these are great points and I will be asking you gentlemen about that later on and that is trying to reshape not only Polish democracy but even Polish society for example with the justice system but before that you mentioned Wojciech that Duda is losing some of the intentions on voting and with that Quincy do you think that this could be a reflection of this what was clearly a cynical a political ploy from PIS to rush the election in a time of pandemic. Do you think that resonated with the uh, with the Polish citizen, with the voters, that may be a little more suspicious now? Perhaps it's it's a good question, and and it's hard uh, to to take measure of that at the moment. I mean, what peace peace uh, was doing essentially was trying to have this presidential election as as quickly as possible and at at every cost, while opposition parties were pretty much united on the fact that uh, there there should be more time given, uh, possibly um, a delay up to a year or even two years to to have this election. And then, as as Wojciech has highlighted earlier on, within. Uh, the ruling coalition. There, there were some struggles about this, this as well. Um, one minor uh, coalition party actually also uh, putting pressure on on the coalition to to consider that actually this uh, was a significant health risk 
to the Polish population to hold uh, the election around the 10th of May, because there was the whole discussion still about when exactly the peak of um, of contaminations, COVID-19 contaminations in, in Poland would happen. And it seemed uh, for a while that while well, that peak was, was, was quite late, quite close to the the exact uh, date uh, of the election so but at the same time i would i would add and this is from from a bit what what i get from conservative voters people i've talked to in the in the last couple of weeks is that uh, they were less fussed uh, about this and they were perfectly willing to to have this sort of postal voting compromise as a way to to have the election move on. Now I should add that, uh, that there was quite quite uh, a lot uh, going on about this idea of, of moving everything to postal voting just one month uh, before the actual election. Um, uh, the Constitutional Court uh, ruled uh, a number of years ago that uh, such uh, abrasive changes of the electoral code just before an election are unconstitutional. But this was uh, essentially brushed aside for for uh, the purpose of, of this election. And then there's a, the other question of, of um, state of emergency not being called, uh, which would have maybe have been a justified move like in other countries uh, to do it and, and to actually have a, a, a means to, to properly de delay the election and, and avoid a lot of this uh, what uh, Wojciech highlighted uh, was very polarized uh, discussion. But I think maybe Wojciech is better placed uh, to, to say something uh, more about uh, conservative uh, voters and, and, and how they, they look at, at this. Okay, so um, yeah, Quincy, uh, I think you, you mentioned exactly this cool-headedness of part of the electorate, um, uh, which is very often also accused of being um, backward or very emotional or or strange at least uh, to, 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 to many. But, but indeed, I think uh, conservative voters uh, are quite a big base in Poland. Uh, it's, a, it's a political base not to be disregarded. Uh, Andrzej Duda has been earning points and, and consolidating their support uh, for five years, and that should not be uh, forgotten. Um, importantly, the, the, the communication strategy of the PIS camp is very much, um, very much towards the, the idea that um, the powers, uh, which I already mentioned uh, in the semi-presidential system, are divided between the government and the president, should not be divided under pandemic in order to secure uh, efficient uh, governance of Poland. So we, we go with, a, with a, a dry feet, so to say, it's a Polish saying at least, uh, through, uh, through the crisis. Um, and that seems to be the main message, cool-headedness, uh, stay strong, stay united on behalf of the camp that uh, after years of polarizing the public uh, intentionally with the use of government media, uh, the, the public media has been transformed to fully support uh, to, 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 to those which are in full support of, of the government with, um, with intentional malign ridiculing of, of the opposition daily on every evening news. Uh, and you know there are effects to that, and the, the, that that should not be disregarded. That 
political reality um, by, by today in, in Poland is that uh, Andrzej Duda has strong base and has well, more than 50% chances to win it, to, to win the upcoming uh, vote. But uh, Wyszek, even with that strong base and one of the reasons that can be brought up to this rushing of the election is the fear from uh, the PIS that there could be a session in Poland. And there are a lot of uh, social programs that do cost many, many zlotys. And then, well, of course, as it is, the money won't be enough to everyone. So could that be also be a factor or and that can that erode that strong base of support, particularly with conservative voters? Provided that uh, the funds would be distributed uh, on fair basis and would be targeting um, targeting uh, everyone in a non-discriminatory way, but you can imagine that the government can design policies in which uh, any support that is given to different social groups is aligned with political strategy to support your own and disregard the rest. I'm not saying this is already happening, but it's imperfect. Um, it's perfectly in line with what has been the political strategy of this camp. And by the way, not only this camp, in, in, uh, in many other countries, uh, you see similar uh, strategies. It's something that any government that wants to keep power would at least consider, not necessarily implement. So um, I, I, don't, I, do, I do not think that there would be an immediate effect uh, when it comes to money distribution. What might be more detrimental for for the PIS electorate to mobilize or demobilize is overall perception of the labor market, of confidence in their own uh, earnings, uh, in their own income possibilities and employment possibilities. Uh, let's take a, a short, uh, a couple of uh, years back, a step into the, uh, 2015, and see that uh, Poland, since 1990s until 2015, so just around when PIS was winning their election, presidential and parliamentary for the first time, um, Polish confidence in getting employment after being unemployed, uh, only then started to, to rise. Uh, before that, Poland has a huge uh, track record of uh, a long track record of, of huge unemployment, structural 20% unemployment going down to 15 very slowly over decades since 1990s, despite all the economic miracle we're talking about in, in, in the case of, of this country. And around 2015, largely because of the policies designed by the previous government, um, the civic coalition now in the opposition, the, the, the economy and the prospects, individual perspective on your individual prospects for prosperity were rising. Now, should that perception be reversed? Should people lose confidence in the market, in, the, in, the in their own individual strategies and possibilities on the market, that would harm uh, PIS, not because those voters would change all of a sudden, start to vote someone else, 
but that would be a demobilizing effect for the population. And that's more important than any direct funding subsidies and whatever uh, we call it, kielbasa wyborcza, which is uh, electoral sausage um, that has that could be served by the government. And uh, Quincy, you want to add something here? Yes, I mean, maybe just uh, something we have seen in the last couple of weeks here in Poland is that there have been uh, some demonstrations on, on the street, maybe mostly people coming out and, and uh, sort of arguing in, in, in favor of or, or maybe trying to show that uh, there is a serious uh, situation when it comes to small and, and, and medium businesses. And uh, I mean, what I want to say by that is that the government does have to be very careful and, and uh, respond also to lots of these very diverse um, sets of, of stakeholders and, 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 and voters' bases or, or potential uh, voters' bases. There are the the far right, which are pushing against them on on a certain agenda when it comes to identity, LGBT. There's obviously a lot of uh, voters that are in favor of these social programs and will want to see a continuation of those. Um, there's also within that co governing coalition uh, people uh, for whom sort of the remaking of of the state and the judicial order is the most important and for for peace and, and the governing coalition to to find a balance between all of those while dealing with the pandemic crisis is going to be very difficult and i think they they just want to have this election over as as quickly as possible uh having uh duda uh, in the seat again for for another five years um because it it very much works well for them uh if they have a president who uh easily signs uh, the the legislative proposals gentlemen this has been a fascinating conversation and a very important one and there's much more that we need to talk about and i'm going to ask you to come back to the podcast again because Apart from the COVID-19 pandemic, there are structural uh, uh, questions that have to be addressed. And one of them is what uh, uh, PIS has been doing in Poland regarding the judiciary, the business. Wojciech uh, already uh, talked about the media, but also education, local government. So all that is we need to keep talking about it. But for now, I'm going to... Uh, go back to Wojciech again, because tell us about the uh, very important work that you guys do on Visegrad Insight and the Res Publica Foundation. Uh, thanks, thanks so much. Uh, let me add, let me just uh, add one point to what you mentioned. There is tremendous uh, change in what, what, is, what is the civil society, what, what Central Europe overall has been always vibrant and known for, is, is these are also changes to the civil society that are coming partly because of the political changes and partly not. And, and, and Quincy will have much more to say about it when we publish um, a new report in, in, uh, in a week or so on scenarios, scenario-based report with, with, um, with the angle on, on future of civil society in Central Europe. At Visegrad Insight, which is a media and think tank on Central Europe, from Central Europe, uh, we discussed, we, we created a platform of debate uh, among Central Europeans on European and global issues, uh, of the issues that are important and they are, uh, they are looking into the future uh, based on the trends from the past and, and present. Uh, and this, this production is, uh, from, uh, is, is published and is run from the Respublica Foundation in Warsaw. 
where we're both based along with our colleagues. Uh, we partner up uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago, a month, over a month ago with the European Liberal Forum also on a series of Visegrad Insight Breakfasts uh, where we invite diplomats, expert journalists for exclusive off-the-record discussions now available also to the network of the European Liberal Forum um, that tackle with those issues and we invite experts for online video chats and that's how exactly we met, haven't we? Yes. Well, I'm going to put all these links on the description of the podcast and I commend the work uh, being done by Visegrad Insight and by you gentlemen in this very, very important point for Polish democracy and Polish society and for all, all of us Europeans. But for now, I'm going to thank you so much for coming to the podcast and I hope to have you back soon so that we, so that we can continue this conversation. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'm back just to remind you that you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify. And if you like it, give us a five star review. In that way, you can help us spread even more liberal values and ideas. Now for some of the events organized by Alpha this first part of June. We're still going strong with the Liberties in Lockdown webinars every Wednesday morning where you can see some of the most important discussions on how the European Union can recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. To know more about this a series of events, you have to go to liberalforum.eu forward slash events. And this is all for now, but I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Until then, let's keep making the world a better place. Liberal Europe podcast. It's organized by the European Liberal Forum with the support of Movimento Liberal Social in Portugal. This podcast is co-founded by the European Parliament and the European Parliament is not responsible for the contents of this podcast or any use that may be made of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum.